One's entire life is shaped by decisions. Our freedom to choose changes everything. For the good or the bad, that's the question. For every action, there is a reaction. Here on Right to Choose, we explore the path of choosing and the aftermath of choosing abortion. Join co-hosts Mrs. Christine Cooper and Dr. Iana Harris as we navigate choices. Hello and welcome to Right to Choose. I am Dr. Iana Harris and this is my girl, Christine Cooper. Hey, everybody. All right, so we're going to get to it in case this is your first time joining us. Christine and I um, are talking about the aftermath of abortion. And um, if you can't see us, if you're on a podcast, you will see that we are two African-American females, two Black females um, who have both uh, suffered the pain of abortion. And so we have commissioned and been commissioned to talk about it, to talk about our abortion story, to talk about how it's affected us, to talk about um, different pieces of it. And so as we continue to interact with you, who knows what the next conversations will be, but today we're gonna talk about abortion in the family unit. Talk about the shame, talk about the not talking about it, talk about yes. So that's what we're gonna talk about. Um, Christina and I have talked so much over the years and one of the conversations that we keep having is specifically the black community and our, uh, our history, our story, our silence, um, right. our whatever concerning abortion. And so Christine, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. let's talk about it um I know for me it was very disheartening Mm -hmm. um to find out that after I had had an abortion um that I found that there were so many other women I mean in my immediate family Mm -hmm. that had also had abortions that Mm -hmm. did not share that information with me Mm -hmm. proactively um in the midst of my current, you know, unplanned pregnancy Mm. so that I could understand how that choice not only affected their lives, but to give me more of an insight of how that choice could truthfully and honestly affect my own life. And it, it, it baffled me Mm -hmm. to find out immediately following that there were two women in my immediate family that had had an abortion. Mm -hmm. But then as years went on, I found out that there were more and Mm. I just, it, and and what's crazy is even after finding out that there were abortions, there mm-hmm. was still no conversation. It was mm-hmm. just kind of like, well, here you go. Now, you know, but there wasn't any dialogue concerning what had happened to them. Right. Right. You know, why do you think that is like, why do you think that one, there wasn't the pre-conversation but two, there wasn't the, okay, now you know, let's talk about how it affected me. Do you think it's more of a like, I don't want to talk about it? Do you think it's the shame? Do you think it's the, we don't talk about that stuff? Like, what do you think? 
I think it's probably all of the above. And I also think because Black women, as Black women, we are considered to carry so much strength, right? Mm -hmm. And we're kind of like the we do what needs to be done, you know, type of person. And it's unfortunate because I think a lot of those conversations haven't happened because they truthfully saw it in the moment of them choosing abortion as this is just what needs to be done. It was just another level of them living lives of what needs to be done. They do it, they move on from it and they continue living. And Mm. so I think that is what kept the conversation from even coming up because it was, it, it was no option you know, and based on whatever their circumstances were. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, so when you were talking of literally what I just wrote down, so I wouldn't forget, cause you know, I'm old. Well, so I wonder how many of these, if we like traced the conversations, how many of these women made these choices in absence of a father like a father and and or them having a father of that child to be present for those conversations um there the priest provider protector element is so powerful and many times so absent in our communities and then even when there is the father who is present because I know your father was present um for the decision right uh, I've I've witnessed and had many conversations with men who feel like they can't have a say in what a woman does with her body because that's a woman's body and I can't tell her what to do I hear you (laughs) and I'm gonna push the controversy button but several pieces one when a woman has decided in her mind that she's going to terminate a pregnancy many times she decides that in absentia of a man like she doesn't consider him i've i've dealt with so many women who don't consider the man because it's their body but the man is also the father of that child right and so we many times will rob them of the opportunity to father they are, you know, childless fathers out here, and we aren't even consulting our own fathers many times. I know my father found out on my way to the clinic, Mm. and that's a whole different conversation of how we handle our relationships with our, the father-daughter relationship, and the um, presence or absence of fathers, and how, here's one for you, if she had the baby, guess what we were going to ask for? Child support. Right. You ask a man to pay child support for a child that he created, but you didn't ask him for his input or conversation. And I'm not saying that's everybody's story, but not everybody's asking for input or conversation from the father of this child because it's my body. I do what I want. Yeah. And I think also it could come down to the act of sex itself with mm-hmm. that person, you know, it was it was permissible, obviously, to have sex with you. But do they feel as though you are? Do they feel security? I guess mm-hmm. in your fathering ability, whether you Ooh. are a current father or not, you mm-hmm. know, and that also might press them to mm-hmm. kind of 
eliminate them from the decision-making process. For me, it's, it's like, as you're talking, I'm literally thinking back and I'm like, me and the father of my son never even had a conversation. I mean, wow. it literally, we never had a conversation at all. I know that um, we both were on spring breaks like you. And so he was out of town and um, there, was a, there was conversations with my parents saying that they were communicating with his parents, but there was no conversation between he and I about, well, do you want our, our baby? You know, how do you feel about being pregnant with our child? You know, if me and vice versa. How do you feel about me being pregnant with our child? But there was a lot of conversation between his best friend and I about how um, he had a life to live and, you know, he had this future that he had to get to and he doesn't need a baby right now. And I'm looking at him like, this doesn't even concern you for one. And for mm. two, the fact that you could say that <laughs> is really upsetting me and annoying me because mm. if anything, that statement, all it did was make me more unsure. Mm -hmm. And his opinion, honestly, was one that did not matter. So why, why is, my, is my choice now being, um, I feel like, ill-affected by an opinion that's unimportant? It's just, yeah. it's just unimportant. It's and irrelevant. So, <laughs> it's irrelevant. That's, that's the word. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It is irrelevant. Wow. It is relevant. But, um, you know, back to like our families. So after I had my abortion, I felt very alone. Like I felt like nobody in my household understood what I was going through. Right. Like right. nobody understood. And so I actually positioned to go live with my father in New Jersey um, because his wife, had had an abortion around the same age that I had. So I felt like she would understand more what I was going through and to kind of help me get through this. Mm. Well, that is when I found out that there was an abortion in my household, let's say. <laughs> and, um, but it took me literally saying, I want to move out. I no longer want to live here because I need to be connected with somebody who can help me through this. Mm. for for her to tell me what I've actually been through it myself okay now we want to talk you know it's like now you yeah, now yeah. you want to talk what why why couldn't we have had this conversation prior to now where you feel like okay this is like a final straw for her I have to say something you fell back into a corner and that was the only reason you told me and even in telling me it was just to tell me that it happened again not to have a conversation on how to help me heal through this mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because now being on the other side, I have a, a I have grown children, and um, one of my daughters got pregnant as a teenager. She got pregnant the same age I was um, when I got pregnant, right? Mm -hmm. And because the conversations in my own youth did not happen, okay, let's not even get to conversations about abortion. But I don't know about your family, but nobody talked to me about sex. No, or even relationships. Uh-oh. <laughs> Nobody was talking about 
sex. No one was talking about relationships. No one was talking about what healthy relationships look like. No, no. One, what I should look for in a mate and what I should be waiting for. Um, the most you got was from grandmothers who were saying, keep your legs closed. Absolutely. Or if there was conversations about relationships or what you would call little boyfriends, you know, at the time it was around, you know, make, make sure you're not giving him money. Make sure if somebody giving money, he giving you money, make sure he got a job, make sure, you know, this and that, but it, there weren't things of substance and like, yeah. there weren't things that would help me find value in him. You know, it was yeah. all, you know, just silly, silly stuff, silly stuff that didn't prepare me for yeah. what would happen. Should I have gotten pregnant? <laughs> right. <laughs> To, to make sure that if, if I'm going to have unprotected sex, you might want to at least choose that person. Be be particular about who you choose, you know, to lay down with, not just somebody you thought was super cute. And so, you know, you, hey, give it up. Like, yeah, there yeah, was no yeah. conversation to prepare me for how to become a woman. Oh, you know? okay, okay. That's See, a different situation. This, this, is, this is the silence in our communities where it, we grew up in an era and a time where, um, and I believe that era and time continues in many spaces where people were not telling us um, and showing us healthy relationships, not showing us and telling us um, about our worth and our value. There was a lot of an, I, I could be a grown up in a different time and space, but there was a lot of don't do's. Right but not a lot of do's like it wasn't telling me even why I don't do right like there was just a lot of don't 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 <laughs> and, and you know do as I say uh, not as I do, type as I do. <laughs> we not all know that one done, you know a, a lot of that and the lack of educating um our children had put many of us in these positions and like, like you said, lack, lack of conversation. So if you're in a household and no one has talked about sex, sexuality, um, promiscuity, the effects of, um, even in school, I'll take it the next step further. I don't know. I grew up in a place where you had that video about your body when you were um, like the boys had a video and the girls had a video and y'all had to get your parents to sign to say you could watch the video and right. about your menstrual cycle that was pretty much the end of education for me concerning that and everything else was I guess OJT and I just learned you know about everything else but the way and the things that I learned were so um wrong because I was learning it from my peers, um, right. even learning about abortion from my peers, not learning right. about it from people who could have some sort of um, positive conversation or impact. Um, I have a, a, one of my relatives recently asked me, um, she said one of the girls and one of her daughters asked, what is abortion? Because she saw, like, heard the word on TV. It was during election time. You know, it's a buzz yeah. topic. And she said, what is abortion? And the mom froze. She was like, how do I have this conversation? What am I supposed to say? And I showed up. And you know me. I'm like, all right, we're talking about it. Right. I said, if you told me, that means I got the clear, I got the green light. And to me, 
I appreciated in the moment that she had wisdom enough to know I'm not comfortable having this conversation, but I know that you are, and I'm, I need you to have this. She sat with us while having it. And honestly, I felt like she was also a student going, okay, how, how are we having this conversation? Cause I don't know what to say, but I recognize it's important because nobody had this conversation with me. Like me knowing pieces of her story, I knew that no one had had the conversation with her. She had early sexual relations. She was having sex outside of marriage. She had abortion, all these things. Right. And she didn't know, what do I say to my daughter who at the time was 12? And a lot of people will say, well, they're too young to talk about it. Well, (laughs) I've met a lot of pregnant teens at 13. Right. As scary as that is. But if we're not talking to them about why to keep your legs closed or why to keep your dress down or why not to let the boys do X, Y, and Z or what the effects of that are. And what about talking to our sons? Right. I'm I'm just trying to figure out on a constant basis, what is really driving the lack of conversation? Like, mm-hmm. is it some sort of feeling of embarrassment? Mm-hmm. Is it, is it a shameful feeling? Is it you know, just a lack of education to be able to communicate, you know, really effectively about the topic, whatever it is. Um, but, you know, a part, a part of me feels like the majority is embarrassment because you can feel people almost shy away from things. There's an uncomfortability mm-hmm. that comes with it. And that might even, even I wonder if that state of uncomfortability is almost an admission of guilt from whatever they have experienced in their own life that they weren't ready you know to even resurface that that was one of those it's gonna go to my grave type of thing and now you want to talk about it no we're not doing that type of situation Mm -hmm. um I just I really wonder because mathematics and reading and science and all those things can't be the only things that we teach or that we allow to be taught rather, you know, to our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still life lessons that have to be learned. And that goes far beyond learning how to cook and clean as well, you know, or learning how to go walk the trash out to the curb or bag something up. Like there are things relationally <laughs> that need to be conversed about. And I appreciate the times that we live in now. Mm-hmm. So much because I, I feel like the generation that is coming up is a transparent one. Like oh, yeah. they don't talk about it. Like <laughs> they are going to talk about it no matter what it is. They're gonna blog um, about it, they're gonna vlog about it, they're gonna write about it, they're gonna all of it. All of that, all of that. But the ones raising those kids, though, you know, is us. You know, it's the it's the people who grew up in the we don't talk about it generation. So, you yeah. know, it, it's it's there has to be something done to fix that um, so that less people can go through trial and error. You know, mm. it's just. Yeah. And then also going back to abortion, more lives can be saved because. Right. 
you know. Like how many relatives are we missing? Right, that's a great question. How many, how many, how many relatives will we get to heaven and our kids be like, hey, this is uncle so-and-so, this is cousin so-and-so, be like, wait, what? Right. And, right. you know, to be able to have it, have all these different relationships and it's it's interesting because um abortion is a generational curse it's it's the death of children is a generational curse the death of a, a lineage it is um we're losing son, future sons and daughters and future fathers and mothers because of silence and fear right and in our communities we're afraid we're shame that shame is rooted in fear of judgment fear of consequence fear of fear of fear of and it's like bruh you're already living in the consequences because you're living in these secret places and many of us have, are living these artificial behind lives and it's like this isn't even real who we are because we're so busy covering all of our sin and we're covering all of our mess, covering all of our drama. And it's like, if we would just be honest and be as the, as the young folks say real, and like you said, transparent and talk about it. Um, I think that is something that definitely is a benefit of the generation that is coming um, up the, the Instagram, Twitter, TikTok people have a lot to say about them, but I'm like, they are talking about stuff. Um, and the hard part with them talking sometimes is they're getting educated by their peers. Right. Who are still learning, who are also uneducated. Right. <laughs> so. Right. It's that moment when you have to have the conversation with your son. So I have sons and daughters and it's hard to have the conversation. And sometimes, you know, my son is my youngest son. I, I'm sure he's many times embarrassed, um, but I hope and pray that in the future, as he becomes a man, he'll be happy that I had some really transparent conversations with him about it's more, there's more effects to, to um, sex outside of marriage. And um, then there's more effects than just, a baby or disease it's the soul tie it's all of those things like I need you to know all this I need you I need to at least have said it because when my daughter got pregnant one of the things that set her into a place of I'm going to have this baby is because she not just saw my story of how crazy stuff had been she understood the effects and why, like she knew my abortion story more intimately than most of my family would have wanted her to know. Now, do I wish she wouldn't have been having sex at 15 and 16 years old? hundred percent. Right. But when she got pregnant and was faced with the pregnancy, she was able to at least say, okay, this is going to be a hard conversation to have because you, you know, have to tell your mother that you're pregnant at 16 but 
I know I had this conversation with her and I know how this outcome is because it was a, you know, the pause of I'm pregnant and pause and go. So we're going to the pregnancy resource center on Monday. <laughs> so, like it, she had already had these conversations. Um, we had a, conversations and, and I'm not saying that just because we talk about it, that it's going to completely prevent right stuff from happening you know just because you tell people not to walk in the street during traffic time doesn't necessarily prevent them from doing so right but you've had the dialogue you've had the conversation you know you talk about the consequences of actions um but right about it right and i think and just to be clear as well for um for everybody that's listening, you know, we're obviously women that are post-abortive. We have, you know, experienced the choice of abortion. So mm -hmm. as far as um, this being like a bashing session of people who experience that, this is not what this is. What this is, is a conversation with two post-abortive women saying that we cannot have had abortions and we don't share with another woman or another one, young girl about our own experiences because of some sort of rule of, you know, don't ask, don't tell, or, you know, what happens in my house, or, you know, we're not doing that. That's, that's, that's what this conversation is about because the necessity is to not be silent. Mm. Like, there's already been secrecy, if we're honest, especially in Niana and I's story of having sex at 15 and 16. Like that, there wasn't, you know, we weren't just walking around and people, <laughs> there was secrecy in that. There yeah. was secrecy in, you know, getting pregnant and, and going through the abortion in itself. Mm -hmm. And so now as much more mature women, as women, that have been healed now by the power and grace and love of God, mm. it's like, okay, the secrecy now is out the window. We're having this conversation. Yeah. So yeah, that's really what it's about, you know, and we would encourage you all that if you're listening and you, you yourself has had an abortion, like it's time to share that with the people in your life because you honestly don't know who your story is going to affect. Mm. Girl. You don't know. You have no idea, you have no idea the power and the, the that confession has. Um, it really does. And I think that is a, a just a very powerful space to end this conversation. I have a feeling we'll come back around to the conversation of how um, abortion affects the family unit, how silence affects the family unit um, it's important and that's legitimately the foundation of why we're having these conversations to talk about it like exactly about it exactly and you can't undo you can't undo what you've done by not talking about it. that isn't going mm. to change what you've already done mm. is by keeping it silent mm. so if it's not going to change it then let's use our voices to make the future better for somebody Sis, that yeah that's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So if you're listening, if you're watching and you have experienced the pain of abortion, you know someone who has, um, you want to talk about it, please reach out, break free abortion healing at yahoo.com. Um, look for our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast on Anchor, on iTunes, or uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Um, and look for us. Uh, like us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, however that goes these days. I <laughs> when I say stuff like that, but we appreciate you for joining us tonight. Um, thank you, Ms. Mrs. Christine Cooper. I'm Dr. Yana Harris. And we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> yes, we will.